Please stand for the reading of the word. If you love me, obey my commandments, and I will, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later he will be in you. No, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. Soon the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Since I live, you will also live. When I am raised to life again, you will know that I am in my Father and you are in me and I am in you. Those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. And because they love me, my Father will love them. And I will love them and reveal myself to each of them. Judas said to him, Lord, why are you going to reveal yourself to only us and not to the world at large? Jesus replied, all who love me will do what I say. My father will love them and we, and we will come and make our home with each of them. Anyone who doesn't love me will not obey me. And remember, my words are not my own. What, am, what I am telling you is from the father who sent me. I am telling you these things now while I am still with you. But the father sends but when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. Thank you, Keegan. Well, good morning, everybody. How are you all this morning? What a great day to be here as we dedicate children um, and spend time praying for them. And I'm so glad that you're here today, and I'm just honored to be speaking uh, to you. My name is Katie, and I'm one of the pastors here at Hope City. And um, I'm just going to jump right in and give you a real, like, very direct question. Are you ready for this? Okay. Do you want the Holy Spirit? Do you want the Holy Spirit? And maybe some of you are like... Uh, I'm not sure. I actually don't really know what the Holy Spirit is. Or if someone were to ask you, like, can you explain the Holy Spirit? You're like, I'm not 100% positive I know what that is. Or maybe some of you are like, uh, no, because, you know, somebody I know that had the Holy Spirit, they just did some weird things, and I'm like, I am not for that, right? So uh, that's, but that's my question today, is do you want the Holy Spirit? Do you want it? And some of you may not be able to answer that. Because you have different ideas or thoughts of who the Holy Spirit might be. You might not completely understand it. But, the, but today, I want to talk about it because I believe that it is one of the things that Christians are missing out on. The greatest gift that Jesus promised us. The greatest gift that he said we would have. And sometimes without understanding, we kind of discard it, Right? And so the scripture that Keegan just read for us is when Jesus is talking to his disciples the day before crucifixion. So he is probably very strategic about how he's spending his last day here on earth. And he spent it with the people, with the disciples teaching about the Holy Spirit. So if it was your last day here on earth, you would probably want to spend it with the people that you love and talk about certain things that are important, right? And so Jesus is telling them, all the different things, but twice he talks about the promise of the Holy Spirit. Twice he's pro he says, I, will pr I promise you that I will send the Holy Spirit. And promises are a big deal to Jesus because he is the promise keeper. Unlike me, maybe, like sometimes like my daughter's like, you promised we would have ice cream tonight. I'm like, did I? I don't remember that. <laughs> or I don't know about you all, if, if, there was this 
movie or something called Yes Day, and apparently I promised my kids we would have a Yes Day one day, which is where I say yes to everything. And I'm like, I don't remember promising that, right? But promises are a big deal to Jesus because he keeps his promises. He keeps his word. And he promises to send the Holy Spirit. And he, and he says in John 16 that it's actually better for them that he leaves and this Holy Spirit comes. Jesus in the flesh, walking with the disciples, performing miracles and doing things, says it's actually better that I go so that I can send the Holy Spirit. That's just crazy to me. That's just crazy. If Jesus was in this room right now and he said, actually, I'm going to go and it's going to be better for you. It's going to be better because I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. You might question that a little bit. Like, really? Like, Jesus, you're right here, like right here with us. But he says it's better, and he promises that he's going to send it. So what? So that's why we believe that it is so important that we talk about the Holy Spirit, that we take time to be able to discover the things, because it's actually the Holy Spirit has been a part of our language for, for myself it's probably since I could actually speak. I grew up Catholic. And so for those of us um, who grew up Catholic or know this, like one of the first things you learn is the sign of the cross, right? It's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit has been a part of my vocabulary for a long time. However, it is not necessarily something that I have always understood, right? Or always knew what it meant. And there, but there are lots of things in life that we use or access or know the name of, but we don't understand. Like a cell phone. You use a cell phone every day, but do you actually know how the message gets from your phone to someone else? Like, how does that even work? We use computers. Well, some of us, some of us are like, I ain't getting their technology. No, thank you. A toilet. I mean, I don't really know how that works, but I'm, you know glad that I use it and have it. Unless you're like my kids who watch StoryBots or you're an avid StoryBots watcher, they teach you how to, you know, how indoor plumbing works. Pretty awesome. Presley asked me questions all the time, like how do airplanes work? The other day she said, how does money get from your phone to someone else? And I'm like, I have no idea. She's like, I should probably ask StoryBots. I was like, you probably should. So, <laughs> but there are lots of things that we would say we don't quite understand, like electricity. We don't understand it, but we enjoy it. We don't really understand it, but we can enjoy it. And so in order for us to really deep dive into the topic of the Holy Spirit, I want to spend time answering questions and learning, learning some things about him. We're going to learn today. Three things. Who is the Holy Spirit? Why do we need it? And how do we get it? Who is the Holy Spirit? Why do we need it? And how do we get it? See, the first question of who, it's not a what, it's a who. The Holy Spirit is God. He is a person. He is Jesus. The Holy Spirit is not a being or not um, another person. He is the divine God. He is eternal. Let's think of it this way. Like, it would feel very odd if we were singing a song or doing or uh, speaking the creed and it says, I believe in God the Father, I believe in Christ the Son, and I believe in King David. Like, that feels weird, right? That feels off, you know, or I believe in, you know, the Apostle Paul. No, we say the Holy Spirit. And when we baptize people, we baptize people in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. 
We don't baptize people in the name of anyone else because he, Jesus, Holy Spirit, and God are all the same. They're all the same. The Holy Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit is God himself. He has been around since the beginning, hovering the earth. If you read in Genesis 1, the Spirit hovered the earth. And only God has no beginning and no end, right? So he is God. In, the verse, in uh, verse 23, what we just read, what Keegan read, it said, Jesus replied, all who love me will do what I say. My Father will love them, and we will come. We will come. God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit will come. When you get one, you get all of them. We will come and make a home in you. We will come. See, the Holy Spirit isn't some force for another, from another planet. It is God dwelling within us. We can get a little mixed up when we think, you know, the Holy Spirit's like a gas or a liquid and we get more of him. But actually, he is a person. When you get the Holy Spirit, it's more like the way you love somebody. You know, when they become a part of you, right? It's a person. It's not a gas. It's not a liquid where you can get more and more and more. It's a person that you love, that loves you. He is God. And then in the Old Testament... We have people seeing visions. We have Moses having to go to a tent or the tabernacle or something to experience God's presence. Or David had the ark or his a box or the disciples had people. But we have the Holy Spirit who is God with us all the time. He is omnipresent. He is everywhere. He's not only in this room and with you, but he's with believers and across the world. He's with believers in Guatemala and in Africa and everywhere that we can imagine. Because he is God. And I know that when I realized this, so many things changed. To think about the same God who created heaven and earth is available to me right now. The same God who freed the Israelites from slavery. The same God who provided for them in the wilderness. The same God who was there from the beginning. The same God who rose from the dead is available to me. The same God, the same God is available for each and every one of us. And Jesus says, I'm going to send him to you. I'm going to send him to you. I know for me, like there's been times when I've faced some really hard things, lost a close family member to a car accident and had probably one of the worst years of my life with different things that happened to my family and everything. But it gave me hope knowing that the same God who was there with Joseph in the prison, the same God that was there with Mary and Martha at the tomb of Lazarus is also available to me. The same God, because the Holy Spirit is a person and he is God. And if that's not enough, Jesus also tells us that he is an advocate. He is an advocate. This word in the original translation is so rich that there's not actually an English word to completely describe it. Multiple translations say different things. They say advocate. They say counselor. They call him the comforter and the helper. Because there's no one word to describe the Holy Spirit. He is our ultimate friend. See, if you think about counselor, have you ever, have you ever been counseled by the Holy Spirit? Because he is a good listener. He really is. Like, you just sit there, and you just pray, and then you're just talking. I mean, he kind of doesn't interrupt me that much, but then but whenever I need it, he does, right? Like, when I'm talking, I'm praying, I'm praying, and all of a sudden, like, shame slips in. 
And he'll take those thoughts away and he'll say, don't you talk about my daughter like that. Don't you talk about her. I love her. I love her. Because he is a counselor. And he is a comforter. He is a comforter, which is broken down as con, which is with, and fort, which is strength. He gives us strength. He is our helper. He is our helper. I know for me, sometimes I have to pray like, Jesus, help, help me. There's been t- there was this one time I was in school for my master's and for the teachers in the room, you know, this is the praxis, like the big test that you have to take in order to be certified to be a teacher, right? And I didn't study as much as I should have. I was, a, I was going to school to be a math teacher. So math, got it, right? Even the reading part, but the writing and the grammar, I was like, oh, goodness. I was like, Jesus, Holy Spirit, come help me today pass this test. Come help me today. And I needed a 146 to pass. You know what I got? 146 on the money. It was kind of funny because I was like, yeah, God's got a sense of humor because it was like, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you pass, <laughs> but I'm going to remind you that you needed my help because you probably should have studied a little bit, right? So he helped me that day and he helps us. He is our helper. The Holy Spirit is helping us, guiding us. It says in 1 Corinthians that he is, he provides a way out for us. As our helper, he provides a way out for temptation. I remember times when I was younger and I was in places I shouldn't have been, and I'm in this moment, maybe um, a lot of y'all know my past, we'll talk about it in a few, but like I had, you know, started early drinking, partying at a very young age, and a teenager, and I'm in a place, and all of a sudden, like somewhere I shouldn't be, and all of a sudden, sobered up, gotta get out of here, gotta get out of here, right? And it wasn't, I didn't know then, because I didn't have the Holy Spirit in my life, but he was helping me get out. He was saying, it's time to get out of here, Katie. It's time to get out of here because he is our helper. He is our advocate. He is our friend. And he is exactly like Jesus because he is Jesus, right? And if you read the New Testament, you see that Jesus is compassionate. Jesus is full of love. Jesus is so lovable that even, you know, people, philosophers and things that don't believe that he is the son of God believe that he was lovable, that he was approachable, that he was everything that we would need. So the Holy Spirit is God, and he is our advocate. And it says in uh, verse 16, it says that he is our advocate who will never leave us. He is with us forever. Forever. He is our friend who is never going to leave us. He's always with us and always for us. But he is not just as good. He's better than your best friend. You know, you got some best friends out there that are great. Because you know what? He is also the spirit of truth. Because he will remind you of God's truth. Y'all got that friend, hopefully you do, have a friend that's going to, you know, kind of tell you how it is when you need, you know, your little truth bombs in there, right? The Holy Spirit does that for us because he is the spirit of truth. So he'll point out truths in the Bible for you. He'll point out things that are leading you astray. He's always going to tell you the truth, but then he also makes sure he reminds you when your heart starts to condemn you. When you start feeling shame or things like that, he reminds you the truth that says you are loved. The truth that says that no mistake you make could ever take that away. When your heart starts feeling like you don't deserve it or whatever, the Holy Spirit pulls out the truth that says that you are his. That you are loved unconditionally, reminding you. That when you aren't feel, he reminds you when you don't feel fully loved by God, when you're trying to earn things instead of accepting it, when you're trying, when you're putting uh, 
things before him, he'll remind you, come on, remember. Remember the sacrifice that was made for you. Because the Holy Spirit reminds you of Jesus' truth. That he died on the cross for the worst version of each and every one of us. So let's recap. We, who is the Holy Spirit? He is God. He is our advocate, friend, counselor. But he's also the spirit of truth. Right? And the second thing we want to look at is why do we need him? Why do we need it or him? It sounds a little weird saying that. Why do we need it? Why do we need him? Why do we need the Holy Spirit? Ephesians 5, 15 through 20 says, So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but live like those who are wise. Make most of every opportunity in this evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord with your hearts. Verse 20, and give thanks for everything the God, uh, everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. It says here that being filled with the Spirit, having the Spirit within you, is true wisdom. It is wisdom. It is godly wisdom. It isn't worldly wisdom. It's the wisdom that we need. So why do you need him? Because he is wisdom. And when you're filled with the Spirit, you have joy and praise and you give thanks to the Lord, right? And right here, Paul compares being filled with the Spirit with being drunk off wine. And some of you know my story, and I said it earlier, but I gave up drinking. Uh, the Holy Spirit actually convicted me of drinking and six years ago. I've been sober for six years, so uh, praise God. Thank you for that. Uh, but I do remember the things that, you know, drinking kind of gave me, right? So what we're looking at here, it's not just about, it's like, uncontrollable laughter or anything. Some people can look at that and say that. But the reality is, is that drinking wine, there are some things that you happen, these traits, characteristics that happen that the full of the spirit actually is. Number one is um, if you think about you see people differently, right? Like someone that wasn't that attractive before all of a sudden like looks a little attractive. Okay. That's drunk off wine. Full of the spirit you see people differently, right? You see people with compassion. You see someone who makes a mistake or hurts you and you are able to see them with love. You're able to see them through the way that Jesus sees them. Someone that hurts you terribly, you're able to somehow get to a place where you see them knowing that they are broken by this world, right? You see people differently. Another thing you can think about is how grateful you are. So thankful for you, man. Like you're my best friend, right? Thankful, right? full of the Spirit. When you are full of the Spirit, you are grateful. You are thankful. Thankful that God provides. Thankful for relationships in your life. And also, another thing it does is it takes away our insecurities. Being full of the Holy Spirit takes away your insecurities. You're no longer ashamed. You can believe that you are exactly who God called you to be, that you don't have to be ashamed or afraid. You relinquish your control. You relinquish control over to him to fill you up, to fill you up and give you courage. You're way more courageous. You have courage and boldness. Courage to maybe have a hard conversation. Courage to forgive someone. And you can be bold and be bold in your faith. When you're full of the Spirit, you can be bold in your faith. And the other thing, another thing that you think about is joy and laughter. 
right? So when you're drinking, you can have joy and laughter because you temporarily forget your problems. But when you're full of the Spirit, you can have joy and laughter because you know that your problems are temporary, right? That tomorrow's a better day. That eternal joy is coming, and you have that, and your problems are temporary when you're full of the Spirit. The church should be a place full of the Spirit. We should be joyful. We should be happy. I know for me, I remember when I first came here 10 years ago, I was like, man, these people are super happy. That cannot be real. That, can, that is not okay, right? <laughs> but now I know it's because they're full of the Spirit. When you're full of the Spirit, your joy overflows, right? You have a church full of people that are smiling and it's 8 a.m. and you're like, okay, whatever. But when you, once you realize that, that being full of the Spirit brings you joy, right? It brings you joy. Also in Romans 8, 26 through 28, Paul says, and the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray, but the Holy Spirit prays for us when groaning, with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all our hearts, knows what the Spirit is saying, for the Spirit pleads for us as believers in harmonies with God's own will. And you know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Why do we need the Holy Spirit? Because he helps us in our weakness. Not just our physical weakness, but our emotional, like our thoughts, the things that come up in our mind. He helps us overcome those. He helps us in our temptations and our weakness for that. He helps us. He helps us to pray when we don't know what to pray. He helps us to pray. Like if we pray, we're going to say, I give up. I'm done. I can't continue on. And when the Holy Spirit prays, he says, don't give up. I got something going. Hold on. There's something new coming. Don't you see it? It's going to be better than you can imagine. Hang in there. Don't walk away. I got you. When we pray, we might say, I am a terrible parent. My kids hate me, and I have no idea what I'm going to do. And the Holy Spirit comes in, and he prays, don't you worry. Don't you take on that burden there, my children, first. You let go of that. You let go of that and know that I am for you and for them. So when we don't know how to pray, the Holy Spirit comes in and prays for us. That's why we need him. So many times have been moments where all you're doing is just laying on the ground crying. You have no idea what you're going to say. But God comes in and is like, you can have your moment and that's okay. But the Holy Spirit begins to pray for you and believe for you the things that you cannot believe for yourself. Believe for you that tomorrow will be a better day when you do not believe it for yourself. The Holy Spirit comes in and prays for you. And then in the scripture, it also says that the Father knows our hearts, knows all of our hearts, which is a beautiful thing because our hearts are deceitful. So the Holy Spirit comes in and is able to put a spotlight on things in our heart that need to be removed. Or you think about my, one of my favorite scriptures, Psalm 139, 23 through 24, that says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path to everlasting life. See, the Holy Spirit will point out things in our hearts that are offending God so that he can lead us along the path to everlasting life. See, the Holy Spirit knows our hearts. 
And he works everything out for the good of those who love him. He works everything out because he will bring to completion the good work that God began long ago in you. We need the Holy Spirit's power to fill us to become more like Jesus. We cannot become more like Jesus without the Holy Spirit. Becoming more like Jesus is becoming more holy, right? So that's like his first name, holy. So we need the Holy Spirit because he helps us become more like Jesus. We will no longer be a flesh but of spirit, no longer be controlled by our sinful nature, but be controlled by the Spirit. So we know who he is and why we need it. Why we need him. So how do we get it? How do we receive the Holy Spirit? How do we become filled with the Spirit, live a life led by the Spirit, right? In Jesus, in this scripture, Jesus says to the disciples, he is with you, Jesus is with you, later he will come. And what he's talking about there is what's called Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. Go read it if you'd like. But um, it's when the Holy Spirit comes. He tells, he tells the disciples, you cannot do the work that I have entrusted with you until you have the power of the Holy Spirit. So what happens in Acts 2, they're all praying together and praising God together. And the Holy Spirit comes down on them. And it's this amazing, miraculous moment. And uh, there's tongues of fire and they're speaking in different languages. And once again, everybody thinks that they're drunk. It's very bizarre, but it's amazing moment because the Holy Spirit comes upon them. And people are like, what is happening? And Peter, being the leader that he was, steps out and he says, these people aren't drunk. This is fulfilling the prophecy that the prophet Joel said, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Sons, daughters will prophesy. Old men will dream dreams and young will see visions. I will pour out my spirit even on my servants and men and women alike. He is saying that the Holy Spirit is available to all of us available to all of us, not just the Jews. This is very offensive in that moment because at the time the chosen people were the Jews. Now the Holy Spirit is coming down on all of us. It says men, women, daughters, sons, all of us have the availability, the invitation to every believer to receive him, to receive him. This, and when this happens, some people are amazed, some people doubt, and some people mock them. Some people are amazed and some doubt and some mock them. So before I tell you how to receive and be filled with the Spirit, I want to ask you, are you sure you want to be filled with the Spirit? Are you sure you want to be led by the Spirit? Because opposition is real when it comes to this. When you're living a life different than the rest of the world, you will have opposition and people will mock you. The Bible says some people went wild with jealousy and tore into Paul, contradicting everything he was saying, making an ugly scene. Because the world hates the Holy Spirit as much, if not more, than it hates Jesus. So are you sure you need to be filled? Are you sure you want a companionship with the Holy Spirit, a relationship with him where you are filled and you are walking and led by him? You've been doing very well so far, right? You come to church, you pray, you give, you read your Bible, you even enjoy some of the songs that we sing around here. You thank God that you've laid down habits and that your marriage got better and 
You have all of that. So are you sure you can't just keep doing what you're doing? Living your Christian life, serving here and being in the community? But I want, so I want to do what Jesus did and what he did when he went and he asked the disciples, he told them the truth and was honest with them about what they would face. And he says, are you sure you want to follow me? Are you sure? Jesus turns to, his, to the crowd and says, are you sure you want to follow me? And many of them turned away. And many of them turned away, but Peter's response is one of my favorite scriptures. It says, John is in John chapter 6, verse 68. He replies, Lord, to whom should we go? You have the words to give eternal life. In other words, where would we go? You're everything we've ever searched for. Where would we go? So the few that didn't turn away are the ones that received the power of the Holy Spirit, the ones that we are still talking about today, the ones that are made history. And maybe you're feeling this stirring inside of you that you just can't go on at the level of spirituality that you are right now. Maybe you're feeling something inside of you that says, I think I do want that, to be filled with the Spirit, to live a life filled with the Spirit. Maybe you feel like there's something missing or absent, underwhelmed by your Christianity. A.W. Tozer says it like this, there's a spiritual loneliness, an inner aloneness, and an inner place where God brings the seeker, where he is as lonely as if there was there were not another member of the church anywhere in the world. Ah, where you come, when you come there, there is a darkness in, a mind, in the mind, emptiness of heart and loneliness of soul, but it is preliminary to the daybreak. Oh God, bring us somehow to the daybreak. If you aren't sure if you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit and led by him, I suggest, I pray that you just go home and you read the scriptures about him from beginning to end. Read about the Spirit and decide whether or not you want to allow Him to fill you up. If you want to, but if you are like Peter and you would say, where would we go? Jesus has given me everything. You have the words to eternal life. I want to answer, how do we get that? How are we filled with the Spirit? But the truth is, as a believer, if you've committed your life to Jesus, you already have it. In Galatians 4, it says there was a prompting that the Holy Spirit gave you that had you call out, Abba, Father. There was a prompting. There is something nudging, something stirring inside of you to where you said, I want a relationship with Jesus. And you cried out, Abba, Father. So if you are following Jesus, you've already had a moment where the Holy Spirit came upon you. You just didn't recognize it. You just didn't know it. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. You've sat in this room for four weeks in a row, and you just are like, I don't know what's happening. Something's going on. I'm crying. I kind of want to go down and pray with somebody. I sat here for so many weeks in a row, and they used to do an altar call back in 2007 years ago, and I was like, I don't want to go down front. Oh, my gosh, I want to go down front. I'm going to go. Why am I going down front? No, that's called the prompting of the Holy Spirit. So believers already have access to that. We already have that. What's lacking is our awareness. What we're lacking is the awareness 
To be filled with the Spirit is as easy, as easy as breathing in and breathing out, but we don't think about breathing in and breathing out. We don't think about the Holy Spirit. We don't think about Him guiding our lives. When we pray prayers like, come Holy Spirit, come, it increases our awareness of the presence of God. The Holy Spirit is already inside of you. He is already there. You have already received Him. But when you pray things like, come Spirit, come, it's not because He's coming, He's already here. It's because you have forgotten. It's bringing an awareness to you that He is with you, that He is for you. It's a daily filling, a daily surrender. Jesus is our daily bread. It's not like bread like it is now, preservatives and everything that lasts months and months or whatever. And you're like, ah, I probably should throw that away. But it's back then you had to make bread every single day. You can't live off of an experience from yesterday. You cannot live off the bread from yesterday. It's a daily filling of the Holy Spirit. You have the Holy Spirit. It's a daily recognizing. So you, if you look to the Holy, if you look to Jesus, and he is the Holy Spirit, right? You look to his scripture. His scripture, there's times when the heavens open. There were times when he rose you from the dead. There were times that he did so many miracles and things, but most of the time he was just walking daily, faithfully, getting away with God as much as he could. And before his ministry, he was just a son. He was a brother. He was a friend. He was a carpenter. So we want these big audacious, miraculous moments, but becoming more like Jesus and being led by the Spirit and be filled like Him, filled with Him, looks more like daily walking out your faith, having friends over, talking about Jesus, asking God to just be with you daily, faithfully following Him, consistency in the same direction, and the Holy Spirit will come into your life as you spend time with Him. Living a Spirit-filled life, it says that being filled with the Spirit is very passive. It's just allowing the Spirit to come and fill you with His blessings, empower you with His enablement, and lead you on His way, on His ways. New Testament scholar says, with the indwelling of each Christian has all of the Spirit. So we have all of the Spirit. But the command to be filled by the Spirit enables the Spirit to have all of the believer. See, are you willing to say, I want to give my all of me to God? Like Paul says in Romans 12, it says, for everything you have done for me, for everything you have done, for everything God has done for me, he created me, he freed me, he saved me. He blessed me for everything he has done for me. I give my entire self over as a living sacrifice. Not just Sunday mornings, not just 75 minutes or 75, I hope y'all have 75 minutes in the morning for Jesus, but not just 15 minutes in the morning, everything, your past, your present, your future, your spirit. Are you willing to abandon your entire self over and let the Holy Spirit be in control? Let the Holy Spirit heal you of everything, all your insecurities to give you courage. Being filled with the Spirit is just allowing Him to come into your life and offering yourself up as a living sacrifice for Him because of everything that He has done because God cannot penetrate and fill things that you will not give over to Him. 
He's not going to force you. He's just waiting for submission and permission to be filled so that you can be filled with his spirit, relinquish control, give up our self-centered ways and obey his commands because of everything he is for us. Are you ready to present your mind and your personality and your spirit and your future all over to the control of the Holy Spirit, allowing him to fill you and take your entire self over and make it a habitation for God? Are you ready to abandon your desires and let him replace them with his desires for you? Are you willing to let him come and wreck everything? I mean everything. You read about the Holy Spirit coming in. He wrecks things. He's chaotic sometimes, but it is a good wrecking. It is coming out on the other side of it, being more like Jesus, being more like him. Your life will be turned around as you surrender to him daily. So he is available. So how do you get the Holy Spirit? You recognize that you have already received him. But to be living by the Spirit is to say, I'm going to let you have every area of my life everything that I desire, everything that I think that I want, because I am no longer flesh. I am of the Spirit because I am full of Him. Maybe you would say, where else would I go? He is all that I need and all that I want. So now only God can come into our place and in our hearts and transform everything. All we have to do is get out of the way and let the Holy Spirit Spirit fill us. Let's pray. God, we thank you that you provide an advocate, but not just any advocate. You give us you, the divine presence of you, Lord, lives inside of each and every one of us. God, help us to be more aware. Help us to be filled with your spirit so that we it may overflow in every area of our life. God, I pray for anyone in the room who has yet to say that I surrender it all over to you. God, I pray that they have the courage today to relinquish control. God, I pray that they recognize that you work everything out for our good and all they have to do is let go and offer themselves up as a living sacrifice. Jesus, help me daily abandon my desires or what I think my future should look like, but instead just be filled with your spirit to be able to walk and be guided by you. Jesus, I pray for everyone in the room that has not committed their life to you. God, I pray that your prompting continues to knock on their hearts so that they may call out to you, Abba, Father. Jesus, I thank you for your Holy Spirit that's in this room, but also in our homes and also living inside each and every one of your believers. In your holy name we pray, amen.